The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Amen. We are better together, better together. And it's amazing what, what God is doing. Um, in our lives, and um, we, we are totally excited. And um, of course, you know, God's Baby House is, is seven, going to be seven in, on the 12th of September. <laughs> I mean, it's just like a miracle. It is a miracle, actually. And, um, but today, in our teaching, Better Together, we are in part three. In part one, we looked at Better Together, the common ground. In part two, which was last week, we looked at Better Together. The common wealth. Today, we will be looking at better together, the common ground. Sorry. The common health. The common health. And next week, we will be looking at better together, the uncommon life. The uncommon life. Uh, Scripture remains Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9 Ecclesiastes 4 9 says two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed they can help each other succeed and you know from the testimonies it's amazing you know when you just align with God's word the lady that was ill if if she didn't have community, someone to pray with her, someone to bring her to church. I mean, we are better together. The, the young man that went to um, heard the word, went to the fellowship, you know, sometimes you are just at the tipping point. You just need other believers to pray with you. That's all you need. You hear the word, you sit at home. You know, you don't get that boost. He aligned, got the boost, and boom. You know, God did what only only he can do. And this is just the beginning. Praise the name of the Lord. So, last week, looked at the common wealth. And today, we are looking at the common health. And those are two touchy subjects, you know, in the church. Touchy because, you know, when we talk about wealth and, and finances, you know, people have strange ideas on on whether Christians should be wealthy or whether Christians should be paupers or whether the, 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 the children of God should beg or whether children of God should not beg. So it's always very touchy, but God helped us you know, with that. And today we are looking at the common health and that is touchy also because we have situations where you know, you've prayed, you've fasted, you've done all you can and it's as if, I mean, the healing or the health situation hasn't increased. So what do you what do you do? Is, does that make God a liar? What is going on here? And on and on and on and on. But as we will see in the word of God, that it is God's heart for us to prosper and to be healthy. Third John verse two. Third John one two. There's only one. Um, chapter. It says, Dear friend, 
I hope all is well with you. You know, and another translation says, I wish above all that you prosper. He says, not just that, and that you are healthy. Everybody say healthy. And that you are healthy. In case you are wondering, maybe God is just talking about healthy spiritually. No, in body. As you are strong in spirit. So, God says, I want you to be well in, the sp- in your spirit, in your body. Everybody say body. In your body. And in your finances. Everybody say money. <laughs> yeah. God says, I want you to be well in every area of life. I want you to be well with your body because your body has to be healthy. If your body is not healthy, you can't fulfill God's destiny for you. You need this suits, if you will. You need this vessel. You need your body to be functional and healthy so that you can be all that God has called you. In fact, that's one thing that you can take to God. I have a work to do. I need a healthy body to do it. But you see, if you don't have a work to do for God, you can't really begin to claim a healthy body like that. Because what's the the body for anyway? Praise the name of the Lord. So, we saw that in the case of Moses, he was 120 years old. His natural strength was not abated, the Bible says. And that means his natural strength did not diminish. (laughs) And his eyes was not dim. You know, it's unbelievable how people walk with God and it's as if God becomes their life. And as we get into the word today, the word of God today, I'm trusting God that the health that God has in store for you and I will become a reality in our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. So health is the state or a state of vitality where the body and the mind are free from illness or injury. Health is that state of vitality where the body and the mind are free from illness and injury. Your life is filled with vitality. You are healthy. Healing, on the other hand, is a process of becoming healthy. You know, so healing is, is when you, you, something is wrong with the health, then you need healing to get it back to where it was before. So, if health is what God has for us, it means that healing is God's will for us. That is, if the health is not in place. If health is what God has for us, then it means that we should be confident that God wants us to be healed. I know, I mean, a different school of thought in this. People have said all sorts of things. Oh, maybe it's not God's will to heal people these days. Maybe the days of healing are over, you know. Maybe I'm here to tell you that the days of healing is here and now. Praise the name of the Lord. It's here and now. It's not over. In fact, it's getting bigger and bigger and stronger and stronger. 
If you're in this service today and you are sick in your body, your, your case will be a classic example of someone God can heal. And God will heal you. In the name of Jesus. So there are things that causes sickness. A few things. You know, this, obviously, I'm not a medical doctor, so I'm not talking from the medical standpoint. Um, I'm a spiritual doctor. <laughs> so I'm talking from a spiritual standpoint. But of course, you see that uh, doctors that I enlighten do agree with me on many of these points. You know, when you look at scriptures, I'm, I'm talking purely from a scriptural standpoint and from a spiritual standpoint. When you look at scriptures, you will see a thread and a pattern and there are things that actually causes sickness, causes deviation from health. And the first is one that has been misunderstood. Even though it's a cause, but has been grossly misunderstood. And that is sin. Sin causes sicknesses. Obviously, I mean, if you, if you, um, if somebody goes to sleep with somebody that has HIV, then you know that's what we call sickness. It will cause sickness. Praise <laughs> So, you know, there are some things that are just pretty obvious. You know, but when you look at John, John 5, thank you, 14. Now, this is the story of a man that was at the pool of Bethesda and he had been at the pool of Bethesda. And Jesus came to him and Jesus said to him, get up, take up your bed and walk. And it was a Sabbath day and immediately the, the man got up and took up his, his bed and he walked. And they challenged him. Who told you to carry your bed on a Sabbath day to work? That is a sin. That is wrong. And he says, well, the guy that healed me told me to carry my bed and to work. And that's just what I did. I just got up and carried my bed and I walked. But I'm going to come to that. But afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple and told him, now you are well, so stop sinning. And, or something even will happen to you. Now, now, the Pharisees said to this man, what you are doing is wrong. You are sinning because you are contravening the law of God. So, because this guy was contravening the law of God, he was sinning, he should not be healed. But that sinning is not the sinning Jesus is talking about. Praise the name of the Lord. The sin Jesus is talking about is getting out of sync with God. When you get out of sync with God, you open your life up to all sorts of attacks. When um, um, you, it's just like you live in Lagos, where there are mighty mosquitoes, and you leave your door open, what's going to happen? <laughs> So, so Jesus is saying, stop sinning. 
Stop missing the mark. Stop getting outside of God. You open yourself up. The Pharisees were saying, you are sinning. You are breaking the law. So, but the Pharisees' version of sinning doesn't even affect the man. Praise the name of the Lord. Uh, Number two. Sometimes sicknesses happen simply because God wants to show up. Well, not in a bad way. The good showing up. (laughs) He wants to show his glory. John 9. Verse 3. They asked who sinned? They saw the boy, the, the, the guy that was born blind. And they said to Jesus, who sinned? Is it this boy or is it the parents? Because the, the religious mind concludes that when there is a health situation, when there is when there's sickness and disease, it must be seen. And Jesus replied, it was not because of his sins or his parents' sins. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. So the power of God could be seen in him. So this guy was born blind and waited until Jesus came and lived blind all those years just because the power of God was to be seen in him. And you are there praying, Lord, let your power be seen in me. Be careful. <laughs> Sometimes we don't know what we are praying for. Is it a bad thing to say, power of God, you pray in us? It is a good thing. I'm just trying to say that God's ways are not our ways. The way he thinks are not the way we think. We think that when everything is smooth and rosy and easy, then God's power is shown. But God sometimes will take you through a path where you lose your friends. Nobody, everybody turns their back against you. You lose your job. You lose your maybe health. You lose, I mean, things are just going down because he wants to use you to show off. And, and, and many times when things are going that way, we are worried and we're like, oh, what have I done? Who have I offended? Oh, Tani Moshe, who did I offend? Oh, what is my sin? You know, did this person do this thing and succeed? Another person did it and succeed. But how come my own is different? Because you are afraid, God, let your power be seen in me. Boom. <laughs> and listen, and it's the beauty of it is that at the end of the day, your life will bring glory to God. At the end of the day, because this man's life in John um, 9 brought glory to God. It did. So the, the first cause is sin. The second cause is, you know, just for God's glory, you know, just for God's glory. God just wants to show off. That's all. The, the, the third reason is it's because of the brokenness, you know. In, in the world. Because of the brokenness in the world. The world is, is broken. 
Genesis 3, 23. Genesis 3, 23. He says, so the Lord God banished them, that is, Adam and Eve, from the Garden of Eden, and he sent Adam out to cultivate the ground from which he had been made. Now, what happened here is this. Man fell. Man sinned. Man missed the mark. Man disobeyed God. So, God drove man away from the ideal condition. You know, someone was asking, the pastor had a question, and someone's question says, are there mosquitoes in the Garden of Eden? <laughs> because mosquitoes are too wicked to be in the Garden of Eden. You know, I mean, obviously, because, <laughs> because man had missed the mark, Adam broke the world, if you will. The world became broken. So we now had all sorts of things going on. You have airborne diseases. There was no Ebola in Garden of Eden. There was, I mean, all these strange illnesses and diseases purely because the world is broken. So sometimes you, you have an issue in your health, not because of sin, not because of God's glory, because God will still take the glory, but that's not the intent, but initial intent, original intent, but it's just because the world is broken. Just because the world is broken. You are, you, you know, on, on, in a car and, you know, someone that's supposed to stop at, at red light did not stop, then there was an accident, then maybe you're slightly injured. I mean, why were you injured? Is it because of sin? Is it because of God's glory? It's because the world is broken. Somebody is drinking and driving. Sometimes it's purely because the world is, go- is broken. Number four, if you're writing this, you write pretty fast. It could be spiritual wickedness. It could be spiritual wickedness. Ephesians six twelve says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Look, there, don't let anyone deceive you. There's something called spiritual wickedness. There are just people that, because they have demonic powers, they just maybe, you know, people go to schools and they're like, which child can I fire an arrow at? Do you know that? People go to work, to the marketplace. People come to church. And they are looking at perpetrating wickedness. If you come to God's favorite house, try wickedness, it will fall on your head. Yeah. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. Sometimes people just develop ailments strangely. Look, no medical explanation. It's purely spiritual wickedness. It will take spiritual goodness of God to reverse the presence of the Lord. Number five, it could just be food and drink. Food and drink. Food and drink. What you eat and what you drink. You are what you eat. What goes into your mouth. God says, I will bless your bread and your waters. And therefore, no disease will come upon you. What you your bread and your water influence your health. What you eat and what you drink. And sometimes it is just purely what we drink or what we eat. You know, you people have some funny conditions just because of their diet. This is what you are eating. You are eating what is destroying you. When you stop eating it, 
you begin to feel better. But you can't, can I stop? Someone says, oh, pastor, how can I stop eating dodo? You know? <laughs> you, know, you know, because the dodo must be fried in, in some real oil, you know, the one that is unhealthy, you know. Then, <clears throat> then, uh, then my wife just devised something. I don't have a problem with dodo, by God's grace, I mean, you know. <laughs> but my wife devised something. I mean, she, she, she has this air fryer that fries dodo without oil. So she will fry our, our own dodo. I say, that is your own version. <laughs> I beg, I beg, I beg, I beg. Let me fry the original one. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. You see, but for many of us, the truth is this. We need... I'm not the only one that likes original dodo. <laughs> The the, the truth is this. For many of us, we actually need to stop eating certain things. It's not prayer. There's no amount of prayer. There's no amount of fasting. There's no amount of night vigil. There's no amount of counseling that can turn things around until we are willing to change. It's so, 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 so important. So unbelievably. Unbelievably important. Did you know that by the end of this year, 20 million people will have died, according to projections and statistics, from infectious diseases? Guess the number that will have died, that will have died out of obesity related diseases? heart-related diseases, diabetes, things that has to do with diet. 50 million. I mean, it's, un- it's, it's unbelievable. And for the first time, for the first time in history, for the first time in history, as many people are dying from malnutrition as are dying from obesity. 3.4 million. Some people are dying for not having enough. Some people are dying for eating too much and overindulging. And the number for the first time ever, ever, is the same with obesity catching up. And who knows what will happen in 2020? Perhaps overtaking malnutrition. So when we are solving the problem of poverty, we should also solve the problem of of what? Of greed. <laughs> Otherwise, we will still be losing people. We will soon be, we'll still be losing people. Praise the name of the Lord. <clears throat> so, when it comes to healing, healing can happen instantly. I mean, read the story, John 5, 89. John 5, 89. Jesus said, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. And instantly, the man was healed. Everyone say instantly. Instantly he was healed. It can happen gradually. 
Can I put gradually? Why? Because sometimes God starts the work and the work moves at not an instant pace. The work moves gradually. But it gets done. It moves gradually. But it gets done. In Mark 8, classic example. God touched the blind guy. How do you see? Uh, not quite well, you know. Jesus had to touch him again. So, 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 so it's not an instant healing. It was a gradual healing. It was a gradual healing. And the question is, why are some healings instant? Why are some gradual? You know, I don't know. I don't know if anybody really knows the answer to that fully. But, but the obvious thing is this. Many times, God regulates the pace of his power to the slowness of our faith. Many times. God will regulate the pace of his power to the slowness of our faith. Okay, you can, as, as you can believe, you will receive. Then as you can believe, you will receive. Then as you can believe, you will receive. Many times. So many times, it is not an issue of God's power. Many times it's an issue of our faith. Many times it's an issue even of our physical body. There are some changes that God knows because of maybe our minds, it has to be gradual so that we can physically adjust to the changes sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes that's, that's what happens. However, you can be healed instantly or gradually. But all will be healed ultimately. Eventually, everybody will be healed. Even people that have been praying, it appears that there's no healing. Everybody will be healed. Say everybody. everybody. Will be healed. Everybody will be healed. Even if it means on the resurrection day. All our bodies will be made whole. <laughs> it's not a cop-out, it's reality. 1 Corinthians 15, 43. 1 Corinthians 15, 43 says, Our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they will be raised in glory. They are buried in weakness, but they will be raised in strength. Ultimately, everyone will be healed. They, will, they were buried in weakness. They will be raised in, in strength. And that is how God operates. It could be instantly. could be gradually. But definitely, ultimately, everyone will be healed. And when we talk about common health, okay, you say, Pastor, I understand common wealth. But, but how? What makes health? <laughs> what makes health common? What is common in health? You know? As much as common wealth is obvious, you understand that in defining wealth, we talked about wealth being what? 
being well-being. Being well-being. So it's not just money. So the well-being, and that includes health. So it means, according to 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 12, 26, if one part suffers, since we are a body, if one part suffers, all the parts does what? I can't hear you. Suffers with it. Suffers with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. So, the same with the physical body. God's heart for us as a church, as a people, as a community of faith, is when one person has a challenge, we all should rally around because we, it, it is part of our body. When one person is healed, we all should be glad because it is part of our body. So, really, we have a common health as much as we have a common wealth. Even if you are thinking financially. You know, on, on, at, at Tribe on, on Wednesday, there was a lot of questions on tithing, you know. I mean, I have received emails after that, you know, on tithing. It's amazing, you know. And tithing is actually a classic example of common wealth. How it affects commonwealth. God says in Malachi 3 that you have robbed me, you this whole nation. So, so I'm sure there are people in, in Israel that tithed. But because some were failing, it was affecting who? The whole nation. Affecting the commonwealth. God is saying, 1 Corinthians 12, put it up again, please, that as far as health is concerned, if one person suffers the whole body. All the parts suffers with it. And if one is honored, all the parts is glad. So, that talks of common health. Common health. And like common wealth, <clears throat> common wealth can be accessed either by covenant or by, or by community. Or by community. It can, be, it can be assessed either by covenant or by community. You can assess the common health by covenant or by community. And, and, and I'm going to explain. By covenant, is, if you look at Isaiah 53, verse 5, says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that made us all. And by his bruises, we are, I was say, are, we are healed. He was wounded for our transgressions. By his stripes, by his bruises, we are healed. That is our covenant. But you see, this was Isaiah. And Isaiah was saying, we are healed. If you fast forward to second, first Peter 2. First Peter 2. He says, now this is Peter's version. Peter says, quoting the same Isaiah, but he tweaked something. That's so powerful there. I think this is the um, amplified version. It says, he personally bore our sins 
in his own body. Now, on the tree, as on an altar, and offered himself on it. That we might die, cease to exist to sin, and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. That is a covenant of health. By the wounds of Jesus, you have been healed. Isaiah said, by his wounds, you were you were, right? That was all he said. Did he say where? You, we are healed. Peter said, by his stripes. Did he say we are healed? We were healed. What's going on here? This is the cross. Okay, <clears throat> so this is the cross. That's the cross. Now, Isaiah stood here, looked. Prophetically into the cross. Isaiah was speaking as a prophet and he was receiving God's word for the present, even though it was prophetic. And he was saying, He, he was seeing Jesus, that he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. By his wounds on the cross, we are healed. Is appropriating it in the present. Praise the name of the Lord. This is Peter. Who is final? Peter or Isaiah? <laughs> okay, let's break Peter cooler. Let's give him some uh, some afro. And uh, what else can we do to Peter? Muscles. <laughs> okay, so, so this is Peter. Now, Peter, this is the timeline. Peter is looking, this is looking forward. Peter is looking He's looking backwards at the cross. And he's, Peter was saying, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And by his stripes, we were healed. Were healed. Huge difference. Huge difference. So, the, by covenant, when we come to God for healing, we are not praying to assess healing like Isaiah to be healed. We are praying and enforcing and saying we have been 
healed. And it makes a whole lot of difference. Because I, yes. Okay, so, pastor, do you, do you ever trust God for healing? And so, yes, I do. And, but when I do, I'm not coming and trying to beg God to make me well. I first thank him because I am well. By the wounds of Jesus, I have been healed. And based on that, I now continue to pray. So, I'm trying to enforce what has been done. I'm not trying to bring to bear what will be done. First Peter 2, if you bring, bring it up again, please, says clearly to us that he personally, he personally bore our sins on his own body as on the tree. Fast forward. By his wounds, you have been healed. By his wounds, you have been healed. But Timothy still struggled with, with stomach issues. And, 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 and Paul still prayed for Timothy's healing. But he wasn't praying because he, of, of, of what God will do. He was praying because of what God has done. This is done. You have been healed, son Timothy. So, if you look at Isaiah, Isaiah is a, it was very prophetic, hugely, hugely prophetic. And it, it speaks a lot about Christ, about the new birth, about what happens. It uses Israel, but it's going in and out. Isaiah 57 says to us, verse 18, I have seen what they do. says, but I will heal them anyway. <laughs> you know, it's just like saying, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I've seen what they do, but I will heal them anyway. I will lead them. I will comfort those women, bringing words Praise to their lips. May they have abundant peace, both near and far. Says the Lord, who what? Who heals them. It's a message of the kingdom. You cannot separate healing from the kingdom. It's a part of it. You can't, you, you, know, you know, we're talking about kingdom, kingdom, kingdom a lot. In Matthew 4, Matthew 4, 23, Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the gospel, the good news of what? About the kingdom. It was a kingdom. And, thank you, he healed. Everybody say healed. Every kind of disease. Every kind of disease. He announced the good news of the kingdom and he healed every kind. So there was no kind that he could not heal. He healed how many kind? Every kind. 
researchers say that, um, again, I, I, did, I, did, I should have checked this before coming, but I'll say it anyway, that Jesus was given how many lashes? 39? I keep mixing it up. 39? 39, yes. Okay. The researcher says that all the um, illnesses of man can be categorized in 39 minus 1, 38 categories. All. Name any disease. They all fit into 38 categories. So, Jesus healed every kind and provided one extra category. <laughs> every lash on his back took care of every kind and provided one extra. Bring, bring up that scripture again, the later part, yes. Every kind of disease and illness, every kind. So it begins to make sense when the word of God says in Exodus. Um, 23 verse 25 Exodus 23 25 that you shall serve the Lord your God and he will bless your bread and your water what you eat and I will take sickness away from among you why because it has been paid for that's, that's, that's what it means so to so serve means to worship to serve means to adore. To serve means to prioritize. It means that when you serve God, God takes away. When you belong to him, when God is your priority, he blesses your bread and your water. He blesses what you eat and drink. And he takes sicknesses away from you. So that's there's healing by covenant. And of course, as we said, there's healing in community. There's healing in community. There's healing, James 5, James 5, 14 and 15. It says, are any of you sick? So the fact that you're a Christian doesn't mean you, you, you can't fall sick or you won't have challenges, you know. No. But there's healing in community. It is, what should you do? You should call on the elders of the church to come and pray over you. No, when you're ill and you don't, you don't make use of your community. You just sit down there. God says make use of your community. There are pastors in church. Call them. Ah, why can I call that one? That one is a small boy, you know. <laughs> he may be a small boy in the physical, but he's a strong man in the spiritual. Praise the name of the Lord. I pray over you. Just, just obey scriptures and anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sin, you will be forgiven. 
There's healing in community. By the time we go to the next verse, verse 16 of, of um, A, of James 5, it says, confess your sins one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. So, okay, you don't want to call the pastors. You don't want to come there like this. Fine. Find your brother. Talk to your brother. Talk to your sister. Confess your sins one to another. Pray for one another. And God says you will be healed. You will be healed. So, there's a communal healing effect. And God wants you and I to make the best of it. Isaiah 33. Isaiah 33 says in verse 24 that the inhabitants, (laughs) I mean this is so powerful, the inhabitants, the people of God's favorite house shall not say anymore, I am sick. There's a communal, a community effect of healing that is upon this church and it's upon our homes and it's upon our lives in the name of Jesus. They will not say I am sick. The people that dwell in God's favorite house shall be what? Forgiven of their iniquity. The NIV puts it this way. Since no one living in God's favorite house, no one living in Zion will say I'm ill. Not one person. You say I'm ill. And the sins of those who dwell there will be forgiven. Will be forgiven. When you come into God's presence, there's, there's, there's a corporate, if you will, anointing. There's a communal grace and it affects you. I mean, years ago, some, time, some years ago, we were having praise chain leading up to a God rule against service and a lady came and said, oh, she wanted to see pastor. She wanted pastor to pray with her and um, um, the, one of the ushers obviously said to her that, you know what, pastor can't pray with you until after God rule against service. He's not going to see you. I mean, and so why don't you come for this program? You know, meanwhile, we are having praise chain. Why don't you stay back and let us just praise God together. This woman has had an issue of blood for, for 10 years flowing non-stop for 10 years. She came to church. She couldn't see pastor. No pastor prayed with her. She joined praise and worship. An issue of blood for 10 years stopped. Stopped. <laughs> to the glory of God. It did not stop because anybody prayed with her. It did not stop because anybody anointed her with oil. It stopped because it was a communal effect. There was, there was a, a, a corporate <laughs> anointing, if you will, and there was a river, and there is a river flowing. If you are a part of a community, you make yourself available to all that God has released in that community. So the, the truth is this. Corporate anointing and community grace affects you and many times whether you like it or not. If you come to God's favorite house long enough, it will be impossible for you to have small dreams. You just find out that small dreams irritate you. If you come long enough, 
it will be possible for any sickness to stay in your body. <laughs> in the name of Jesus. If you come long enough and you don't know Jesus, you will give your life to Jesus. Saul came into the company of prophets. And Saul, because, not because he was a prophet, but because of the governing prophetic anointing, Saul began to prophesy. And they were like, ah, ah is Paul, is Saul now a prophet? No, he's not a prophet. It's because of, of the grace available to in that area he's in. Jonah, one man, his corporate anointing almost sank a whole ship. Just one man. He entered a ship and the ship was going to sink. Be careful who you are yoking with. He entered a ship, the ship was going to go down. David, David's men, they call them David's mighty men. But actually, they were anything but mighty until they came in contact and hung out with David. When they came in contact and hung out with David, they are, the atmosphere around David changed their lives. Zechariah, Zechariah 12, says this concerning God's church. And we localize this concerning God's people. Every time you see Jerusalem, it means Zion. And Zion means the church, you know. And, and the church here is God's favorite house, okay? So, on that day, the Lord will defend the people of God's favorite house. The weakest among them will be as mighty as King David. Yeah. And the royal, which is the, the average, the royal descendant, will be like God. Yeah. Like the angel of the Lord who goes before them. Take it up again. On that day, the Lord will defend God's favorite house. Yeah. The weakest Amongst us, we'll be like who? We'll be like David. And the regular members, we'll be like who? You can't even say it. Ah, is that not blasphemy? How can I be like God? Did you write the Bible? Is it in the Bible? <laughs> okay. The weakest will be like who? And the regular member will be like, <laughs> it's, so, it's, so, it's so strange. You know, religion calls you bound. You don't want to say certain things even though they are in the word of God. The word of God says, but I said, you are God's. I'm like, no, 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 pastor. That's blasphemy. We, are, we can't be talking about us. It's talking about we are just ordinary human beings. But you see, the way you see yourself is different from the way God sees you. So God is saying, you will not be feeble, you will not be weak in the name of Jesus. God is saying the weakest amongst us will be like David. Look at how strong David was. The weakest amongst us will be like David. The, 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 the regular guys will be like God himself. In the name of Jesus. 
Let's bow our hearts as we bow our heads. Oh, Father, we come before you. Let, let's just talk to him. I don't know if you're here, you're like, Pastor. Be like God. Oh, yes, I want to be like God. But for you to be like God, you need to have a relationship with God. I'm saved. I'm born again. Praise God for you. I'm yet to give my life to Jesus. Oh, I used to be born again, but I, I backslid. I went back. I, I, I was discouraged. But now, can I come back, Pastor? Yes, you can. Can you pray with me? Yes, I want to pray with you. Should I come forward? No, you don't need to come forward. Wherever you are seated, I want to pray with you, Pastor. I want to come back to God. Put up your hands now over your head. Quickly, and I'll pray with you. If you put up your hands hand well, slip it up over your head. God bless you. Put that hands up. God bless you, sir. God bless you, my sister. God bless you, my brother. God bless you, my brother over there. God bless you. That's me. Keep the hands up. God bless you, sir. God bless you, my brother. God bless you, my sister. God bless you, my brother. Keep the hands up. That is me. I don't have a relationship with God. God bless you, sir. I've never given my life to Jesus, or I want to come back to him. Put that hands up, and I'll pray with you. That is me. God bless you. The rest of us, let's pray. And I just say to God, Father, by your wounds, by the wounds of Jesus, I have been healed. I thank you, Lord. So I appropriate the fullness of your healing in my life. I put myself in the place of manifestation of health. Talk to God. I Beginning from today, health burst forth in my life. If, if I need healing, Father, I, I open my heart to you, Lord. You are the God that spoke to the dry bones and they came back to life. What can be dry in this body that is impossible for you, oh Jehovah, oh God of heaven? What can it be? What can it be? Oh, I need to make myself available for healing in the community. I need to, to, to speak to a counselor. I need to, to talk to a brother to pray with me, to link their hands with me and to pray. Oh, Father, we thank you. pray for everyone in this place today. We ask in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that you lay your hands upon us and heal us. Let everything in our lives that you have not planted, every plant you have not planted, let them be rooted up. Everyone that is surrendered to you today, Lord, have mercy upon these lives. Change these lives. Take them higher still. Let your name be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. Let's pronounce together for the Lord. For his kindness and his mercy and his compassion. Amen.